0: This is Voices of Duke Health. The Listening Booth will be back in spring 2020. In the meantime, we're bringing you another oral history episode, part of our collaboration with the Duke Medical Center Archives. I'm Joe O'Connell, a folklorist and oral historian. I sat down with urologist Jack Hughes to speak about what shaped his approach to medicine. Dr. Hughes began a private practice based at Watts and Lincoln Hospital in 1950. In the following decades, Hughes spanned academic and private practice medicine, including collaborating with Duke Urology faculty on clinical research into stone disease. On November 24, 2019, Dr. Hughes celebrated his 100th birthday. Here he is recalling his early life on the coast and his dramatic tour of duty as a Navy medic.
1: In the eighth grade, told my father I wanted to be a farmer. Hey, he said, "Okay." He'd give me an acre of strawberries. He would get the plants and get the ground broken up for me. But my cousin, and I had to lay out the rows and and get the straw and do the plants. So we got the old mule from the farm and a and a wagon and a plow and. Uh, We did that for one year and at that I came back and told him, I don't believe I want to be be a farmer. There's got to be a better way of making a living. My name is Jack Hughes. I am a retired urologist. I'm a native of southeastern North Carolina. I've lived in Durham since 1950, and will soon be a uh, hundred years old. I grew up in a small country town, town of 900 people. It was a farming community, about 30 miles from the coast. All my life, I've always had a job of some sort. When I was still in grammar school, my next door neighbor had what we call a dry goods store. I think he paid me about 10 cents a day or something. I would work in the hardware store, sold everything from sewing machine needles to international trucks, and in the record department, selling records. I heard country music till it was running out my ears. I worked a couple of seasons uh, on the tobacco market, made dog houses, had a nice, busy little beer joint. Ran a bowling alley one summer. So I always, always had jobs. I was sort of idealistic at one point, and I said, "Well, I'd, I'd like to do something that maybe I can help people." You know, I was pretty sure I wanted to be a doctor, so I went to Chapel Hill. Sammy Kayes had a Sunday afternoon program, and I was listening to that uh, my junior year and reading Cecil's textbook of medicine. Franklin Roosevelt made his announcement. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan but shortly after Pearl Harbor I got a little postcard from my draft board. I got that on Friday Uh, on Monday morning. I did not attend classes but I went down to the Naval Recruiting Office and applied for a commission as an ensign. They called him ensign HVP hospital and so I stayed in the reserve until I finished medical school and my internship of nine months. I really did want to go into obstetrics. I had spent three months on the obstetrical service and I delivered a lot of babies. (laughs) I delivered three babies in 12 minutes one time. I caught one. A clamped the cord and handed it to the nurse and they said, we got one over here. So I went in the next room and there was one and I got that one. And just as I finished that one up, I heard the elevator open and this woman scream, And I ran out in the hall. I caught the baby on a stretcher. And anyway, I got, I, 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 I liked it. I finished my internship on December the 31st uh, of 1943. And then on the 12th of January, I got orders to report to the amphibious base in Bainbridge, Maryland and I was only there a couple of weeks before I got my overseas orders. We were a group of about 100 young doctors and 200 uh, corpsmen, and for some reason I was made the executive officer of that group. When we got to uh, southern England, for about a month. Uh, We rehearsed uh, loadings and unloadings and going from one port to another and also making fake passes at uh, the French beaches. The afternoon of June the 4th, the captain of the ship called all the officers into the ward room and sat us down, and he had a big, thick book, and it was called Operation Overlord. Uh, That was when we learned where we were going. The Air Force and the Navy were going to knock out all the German fortifications. Well, that held true for all the beaches except Omaha, and particularly the segment that we were going to, which was Fox Red, which was Right, just uh, east of those high cliffs at Pointe Hawk, so that's where we where we went in. I, 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 I've blocked out a lot of it. There was there was uh, vehicles burning and, and uh, small boats crashing. The ship in front of us got hit in the bow and blew the bow doors off. And that's when they said, It's too hot on the beach, back out. So we didn't hit the beach then. Uh, They put her reverse flight speed and we backed off. Then when it got dark, they signaled that they had some casualties for us, so we pulled in close to shore as we could go, and uh, a smaller landing craft came alongside, had about 120 of whom were seriously wounded. Fortunately, we had this little hospital, forward hospital unit, with about 20 doctors and they were just anxious to get in. We had a little operating room on the aft end of the tank deck that was about 8 by 12, but it it worked and so they took over and they managed to take care of it. I remember thinking one time we had uh, a bomb had dropped, I thought it was Practically on us, but it wasn't, it was over. It was enough to shook me and knock me down, and I thought, well, uh, when my number comes up, that'll be it. And there may be one with my name on it, but until it comes, then forget about it. So late, at sometime after Thanksgiving, I got my orders, Come back, and then I went to the Marine Corps where I stayed the rest of the war. And I learned a lot. I was assigned to a dispensary. The Navy Hospital was over in Beaufort across Port Royal Sound. As Vidarro Disease Control Officer, I had to give all the troops a little uh, uh, talk about Vidarro disease and how to protect yourself, and we had a little movie. Don't do any guessing about yourself. But the first sign of infection, go and see your medical officer. So urological problems. It's his job to treat you. Running right the dispensary in well, the Marine Corps. It came in handy I later on. All. You can go now. That sort of steered me towards urology. I was involved with a with a lot of things. And there was a little quote by Plato. You don't participate in good government. You're going to suffer under bad government. Words to that effect. I always felt civic responsibilities. Growing up in a small town, you uh, associate with people who are younger and older because there aren't enough people to have crowds your own age. And you get a lot of street smarts. I would take my pocket knife, which at that time every southern boy had to carry a pocket knife for all sorts of things for peeling sugar cane or cutting or but I would take my take a piece of chalk from school and cut it up and make a Set of dice, and and on the way home, if I had saved a few pennies, I'd stop by the filling station and uh, shoot craps for a little while till I lost my pennies. Occasionally, I would win a few. I mean, it's how do you live to be a hundred? There's a lot of luck in it. Of course, your genes help, but there's a lot of luck in it, and I have been very fortunate. Uh, I've had it better than 90, 90 percent of the people that ever lived. I'm just lucky. I mean, it's just fortunate. I don't deserve it, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not complaining. <laughs>
0: Thanks to Jack Hughes for sharing his memories, and a very happy 100th birthday. Thanks also to Dr. Jack Keane for recommending him. This episode of Voices of Duke Health was produced by me, Joe O'Connell. The oral history with Jack Hughes was commissioned by the Duke Medical Center Archives, where it's now part of the collections. If you have a recommendation of someone with a story to tell, contact Anton Zeiker in the Duke Department of Medicine. Thanks for listening.